Everyone has a story. Stories of adversity, stories of perseverance, stories of accomplishments, and maybe even stories that will make others laugh. No matter the story, we can be inspired and motivated by them. Most of all, we can learn from them. This is the Big Peach Ride Run Podcast hosted by me, Dave D2 Martinez, and I want to hear your story. And welcome. Yes, I am your host, D2, and welcome to the Big Peach Ride and Run podcast. And man, can you believe it? It's already March. I mean, what happened to February? I mean, in a blink of an eye, we're already, you know, to the third month of the year, and it's March, and it has just flown by. So we finished February uh, with the Publix, um, you know, marathon. So congratulations to everyone that uh, completed the marathon, the half marathon, and the 5K. Um, you know, congratulations to all you. You guys are rock stars. Um, looks like we had great weather. I was, I was not, I did not run it. I was out doing my own training run uh, that morning because I forgot that I signed up for a race here. And by the time this airs, uh, the race will have already happened. But it was a Coyote Ugly 30k, and I hadn't been doing a whole lot of running. And then I looked at the calendar and realized that um, that the race was, you know, the first week, uh, first weekend here in uh, March, um, March. Uh, what, uh, fourth, I think. Um, and, um, and I was like, I started to panic a little bit. I mean, I've been doing some training, been on the bike, um, and doing a lot of that training and that helps complement. So, um, I've got a good aerobic base, but I had to go out and, and get some training miles. So that's what I ended up doing this past week is just getting a lot of, you know, the last two weeks is really getting a lot of, uh, miles on the roads. So you're doing 10 miles and 12 miles and ramping up to 15 miles on the trail. And, uh, so, you know, maybe on the next episode, I'll tell you, you know, how I fared on that, uh, on that, uh, race, but, uh, I'm not going out there really to, 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 to crush any, uh, any, any, any goals or anything. It's really just to finish and get some training miles in and really uh, use the race as to a way to get in, you know, a long run in with uh, some aid stations there and uh, some uh, some other runners out there because I always feel a little bit more motivated when I'm around other people. But speaking of things that are coming up, I want to remind you all, especially for those that you, uh, you know, are, you know, here in Atlanta, or maybe if you're traveling, you're, you know, from out of state, um, the Peachtree Road Race, which happens on July 4th, registration for that is opening up March 8th. So that is right around the corners. Uh, You know, this episode releases on March 6th. So that is just two days away. Now, the great thing about, you know, the last few years is that it hasn't sold out. So there is no lottery uh, for the Peachy Road Race anymore. Those that are members of the Atlanta Track Club get preferential um, start wave uh, placement. So based on their time, you know, they get, uh, you know, uh, to move up and they're kind of guaranteed not to be at the back of the pack. So if uh, you want to be right at the front or an improved uh, wave corral, then definitely sign up to be an Atlanta Track Club member because, uh, you know, that's the only way you're going to get those, uh, you know, uh, start waves up at the front. Otherwise, you may uh, be further in the back. Um other things that just happened um, as I'm re- recording this, um, I just, just last night, um, registered for the Big Sugar Classic. And it's one of the races I think I've mentioned, especially on the episode, um, the last episode where I was sp- uh, speaking with uh, Marley Blonsky, um, 
who lives in Bentonville, um, Arkansas, and they have a big sugar classic. It's a big gravel race, and they added a mountain bike event. And it just seems like it's a really a fun time, a great fest, festival type of atmosphere, uh, huge expo, great bike community. Um, and it's a week long type of, uh, of a, an event. And so I got kind of like, you know, wrapped up in all that. So I, I logged on and clicked that refresh button when they opened up at, uh, 6 PM central time, um, on the, on March 1st and, and was able to get in. It took a little bit. The website was a little bit slow. There was a lot of people that were trying to register and it sold out, uh, I'd say fairly quickly. Um, in, in previous years, I think they've sold out in less than 10 minutes. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat that number, but I signed up for the 50 K mountain bike and the hundred mile gravel. Now those are two separate weekends. So I'll be taking a nice long trip out there, spending 10 days, um, kind of, uh, Living in Bentonville, um, found a nice little uh, one-bedroom uh, um, apartment to uh, to rent for that time period, all within walking distance from the start area in downtown and historic Bentonville. So I lucked out on that and actually got a, a pretty uh, nice deal. There were a lot of places where I looked that had already sold out, um, and, and there was a lot of places that were unavailable um, within minutes of registration closing. So I've got that to look forward to as another big race um, for the back half of the year. So that's in October. That's uh, October 15th through the 23rd. I think uh, mountain bike event is the 15th and the gravel is the 23rd. So I'll be out there. And uh, so it should be a good time. But I've got my the back half of the year now starting to come together with some races. And uh, so I've got a lot of training on my calendar. And uh, man, come come October, I should be in, in great uh, you know, uh, great, have, should have great fitness. Um, but speaking of, you know, biking and stuff, a little bit of some news that was just announced recently, this might not appeal to everyone, but it's interesting because I think it will affect, uh, um, anyone that is interested in cycling and, and either has a bike or potentially looking to get a bike down the road. Um, Shimano made a, uh, pretty big announcement with, uh, a new group set. So group sets are basically, if you don't know, are just the different models of, you know, shifters and cranks and um, derailers and cassettes and rings and all that stuff and um, and brakes and everything that you would have to, that's part of the drivetrain to move you forward and stop, including wheel sets and things like that. And they're calling this now the Q's, um, you know, group set, which stands for, you know, create unique experiences. And they're replacing the lower and sort of kind of mid-range groups that were previously called Tiagra, Sora, and Claris. So those are all going away. So if you have a, a bike that uses those components, it'll be, I think, a few years before you, those parts will be difficult to find. So you know, I don't, I wouldn't worry about it so much. Um, but for those of you that are getting into bikes, you know, here in the near future, and I'm still not sure when these, this components, the Q's component will be available, if they'll be available on bikes this year or next year, there are some advantages to this. Um, and they will be, um, uh, everywhere from a, a nine speed all the way to an 11 speed and the Q's, uh, group set, originated from uh, from uh, there was e-bike specific and they were made to be uh, uh, more durable using what they call the link glide chain and sprocket design and what they have found is that the 
components are based on the designs, they're three times more durable. So your chains will last three times as long. Your um, sprockets and chain rings will last longer as well, so less replacement. So I think that's a good thing as far as increasing durability, and especially for the entry level to mid-range where you know, you might not be putting a lot of miles on them. You may be using them for commuting. You may be using them for fun, but it's good to know that they're not going, they're not parts that are going to wear out quickly. And at least, you know, based on, you know, and I don't know kind of what the price range are going to be. And I feel that they may be somewhere where they, the previous components were at, or maybe, uh, you know, a slight bump in price. But I think for what you're getting three times the durability, you know, um, that's, that's something that's worth considering, uh, as if, if you're looking into a, a bike down the road. So, um, yeah, it, it basically the, the group sets, if you're familiar with them, like I said, it was Tiagra, um, Sora and Claris will go away. And then the, the kind of mid entry to higher ups will be the 105, the Dura Ace and, um, and Altegra. Uh, so yeah, 105 Altegra and Durace. Um, and the great thing about this beyond just the durability is the components will be, uh, cross compatible. So they'll share a lot of the same designs. So finding parts will be easy, um, and can be swapped between the different components. Um, they will have several different like levels within the queues, um, where you'll have kind of like the cheaper priced, um, option that will be, I think that's the, uh, the version U8000. Um, no, I'm sorry, the, the U3000, which will be the nine speed, the U4000, which will be a nine speed, the U6000, which will be 11 and 10 speed and the U8000, which will also be an 11 speed. Um, but basically, you know, the lower end, so the U3000 uh, will be kind of a, a heavier version of the U4000. So it'll be a little bit cheaper and the U6000, um, which is also, like I said, an 11 speed and 10 speed will be a little bit, uh, heavier than the U8000. And yeah, obviously the, the a little bit heavier will be, um, it'll be cheaper. But the great thing about that is, is that you don't, you're not tied into a specific, uh, component group. So it means that potentially as bikes are being put together and being sold, you may see a mix between different of those models in order to kind of keep that price lower. And then as parts wear out or whatever, you can upgrade them to better components. But it's also nice that if a part breaks, that you can go into a shop and they don't have to carry every single version of it. You can get a, a replacement part and get that uh, and get up and running fairly quickly. So I think it's interesting, um, you know, uh, it simplifies the line a little bit so that they don't have quite as many, you know, um, and, and a lot of confusion between the different um you know, kind of ranges of, um, components. But I think the biggest thing will be the, the durability because, um, you know, typically I think, you know, what I've been told is, you know, a basic chain, um, for a road bike, it depends on how often, you know, how often you're, you're shifting, but the hillier uh, the terrain you are, the more you're shifting. So every thousand to maybe 2000 miles, you should replace your chain. So, this goes, you know, now from anywhere from every 3,000 to maybe 6,000 miles, you'd have to replace a chain. So that extends it, you know, and it, if like myself, I'm probably replacing a chain at least once a year 
Um, and now I may have to do that, you know, every other year, every, every third year, depending on how much, um, riding I'm getting done. So that saves a little bit of money there. So I think it's a good thing that's coming up. Um, so something to keep an eye out if you're, you know, into, you know, bikes, or if you're considering a bike in the future, start looking for the Shimano Q's, um, group set, um, because I think that'll <clears throat> be a, a better, um, uh, component group, uh, for you. All right. With that all said, you know, I'm excited to have, um, back on the podcast. I think he's been on here at least three, maybe four times. I, I, yeah, I think he's probably been here the most, but, uh, Jay Stevenson, who, um, you know, uh, you know, is a business owner. He ha- owns Go Go Running uh, up in Rome, Georgia. He's also um, one of the owners for Big Peach in Carsville, so he's part of the Big Peach family. But he also um, has, um, you know, coaching, um, you know, services. He's, uh, you know, uh, you know, coaches multiple uh, athletes and and some Olympic qualifiers and even just everyday folk. Um, and uh, through, uh, you know, Go Go Running is like one of his coaching platforms, and so is Run Free Training, and it's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. So he's here on the podcast, and McKellen Newman, who uh, is with City, uh, or uh, yes, City Blend Nutrition in Cartersville, and, you know, they're both joining us on the podcast to talk about that combination of training and nutrition, what you should be doing, dispelling some myths, learning some new things, talking about how to, you know, do meal prep, how to better prepare yourself um, so that you're eating properly, getting the right kind of balance between training, food, uh, through nutrition and sleep and recovery, everything that we constantly need a reminder of. And we'll have that conversation right after this break. At Big Peach Running Company, we take pride in listening to your needs. We take into account the shape of your feet, previous injuries, and activity level to guide you to comfortable shoes for your feet. Whether you're a runner, walker, fitness enthusiast, or simply need comfortable shoes to wear, we offer the best customer experience in the friendliest environment. It's no wonder we've been voted one of the best running stores in America by our fans. Visit any of our nine Big Peach Running Company locations for a free fit assessment and video gate analysis. Go to BigPeachRunningCompany.com to learn more. All right, welcome back, everyone. So excited to have Jay Stevenson, who is one of our uh, you know uh, colleagues here with Big Peach. He uh, runs and works at Big Peach Cartersville, and then Michaela Newman with City Blend Nutrition. And we're here to talk about just everything that you need to kind of kind of stick with your training, motivate, and kind of uh, you know dispel some myths and, and some things that you may think about, but also learn a lot about nutrition and uh from Michaela because that's her background and uh some you know we'll share she'll share her personal story and why she's got into nutrition so welcome yeah thanks Dave thanks for having us man pumped to chat a little bit and um hopefully uh learn something from Michaela as well (laughs) well good to have both of you so let's start with with you Jay because I know you had some things that you wanted to talk about specifically I think it was uh had to do with what people perceive with more of the elite athletes and kind of maybe that they don't struggle um, with some of the training and motivation that maybe some of us uh, do. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I think we can kind of start with this idea of sometimes people will say, well, I'm not a runner or I'm not an athlete, or I'm not a professional athlete. So things apply differently to me. And I've always found that kind of interesting of a, of a starting place because yes, like, I mean, none of us on this call are professional athletes. 
I've never been a professional athlete. I've always had to work. And the thought process of disconnecting from that, I have had the benefit of being around a lot of professional athletes and a lot of high level athletes. And I was shocked to find out that when I'm around these guys, they struggle just like you and I do. On the daily, they struggle. I remember being with um, a longtime friend of Big Peaches, Janet Cherubon Bauckham, back in the day. And she was 11th at the Olympic 10K for the US. And she told me when I was hanging out with her, she was like, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to run today. I just don't feel like it. Hmm. And so that was just a shocking comment. And the more I dug deep into these athletes that we would think just wake out of bed with, you know, butter, like, you know, everything's roses. I'm just going to go have fun. I get to run. I get to work out. I get to do all these high level things. It's just not that way. And so what I learned from these guys is they are very patient and they're very kind with themselves. And I think those are the mistakes when you're impatient and you're not kind with yourself, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make on the outset of an exercise program that'll derail you. Because if you're not patient, we all know that exercise gains do not happen overnight, right? Yep. And so if we're not patient, man, we're in trouble. And then also if we're not kind, think about it this way. I always try and tell athletes and people in general, uh, treat yourself like you would imagine your best friend would treat you. So if you're down and out, like if you guys' best friends were down and out trying to create some momentum for exercise, you would say to them things like, you can do this. You're awesome. You're, you're valuable. Uh, you accomplished something today. Let's take the next step forward. So I think those are my two like nuggets from these professional athletes that I've learned over the years is they're patient and kind. And we need to do that with ourselves. And we need to model with ourselves the way that we would treat someone else. Well, I would agree. I mean, we have a lot of, uh, I think, um, preconceived ideas of what professional athletes are. I mean, really, they're really no different than us. And when we say professional athlete, you know, they make a living. And that's really the only distinction is that they get paid to actually run. And I've joked in the past that I see myself as a professional athlete because I get paid by Big Peach to run. So I'm like, that. I mean, I mean, I get shoes, I get gear sometimes. And it's like, yeah, I'm a professional athlete, not at that level or caliber, but that's the only distinction is that someone's getting paid to perform, but they're just like everyone else, except that they may have started a lot sooner. They may have specific genetics, you know, that allow them to perform at a higher level, but really we're all the same. We're all humans. We all have the same kind of mental struggles and maybe even physical, you know, struggles at a certain point during, you know, our career or during our journey, uh, through running. And, and the thought process for me with this, where it ends up going is if I wanted to have, um, the best advice in any area, it's not uncommon that we would go seek out the expert in the field 
the professional, the one that's done it before and been there before. Man, I want to encourage people, don't be afraid to seek that out in athletics as well, or the shoe expert, or come in to get fitted at a store. Find the expert in the field and then glean whatever knowledge you can from them without fear that they're different than you or that you're not up to their their level. Because ultimately, that's what we want is the best advice we can get. And I try to think of training uh, in the same realm of that and look at what the best are doing. Look at what the professional athletes are doing and then, you know, pair it back and use some of those same principles for ourselves to stay motivated. And Dave, I love what you said that in your mind, you're a professional athlete. Because think about it that way too. How many kids on the basketball court today are Michael Jordan in their mind or LeBron James or Allen Iverson or one of these amazingly dynamic basketball players? When I go run, I'm Elliot Kipchoge, the world <laughs> record holder for the marathon in my mind. And so I think it is super encouraging to yourself to give yourself some freedom and kindness and allow yourself to explore that idea. So I love that, Dave, that you're you're viewing yourself as a pro. That's super cool. I, I, I see myself only in the sense of the, the fact that I get paid to be part of this, you know, uh, amazing sport. And uh, but to go a little bit further in, in the professional analogy, because here's the thing, and I and I think I've I've heard this before. Um, so I'll go ahead and repeat it is as a professional athlete, right? They're getting all this care, right? They're being very good about their diet, consistency in their training, their rehab, their recovery, their sleep. And I feel that a lot of times because we don't feel that we're, uh, you know, a professional athlete or don't have that, um, idea that we should be training like a professional athlete because we don't consider ourselves that we don't allow us, uh, ourselves or at least make it a priority for those other things aside from, oh, I need to go out and go for a run, but then don't pay as much attention to the prehab, you know, type of, you know, exercises, the nutrition, the, the balance, uh, diet, the recovery process, maybe a massage, you know, stretching exercises that typically lead to injury. And then you're, you know, as, as an individual, you may go, well, why am I getting injured? You know, well, maybe an elite athlete isn't. And I'm like, well, that's sort of the difference, right? You're not treating yourself to what and the work and the the kind of care that a, that a professional athlete would you know provide for themselves because it's their career that's how they make their their livelihood. Yeah, so there's these five principles that through uh, run free training and through just regular everyday living that we've kind of developed and like think it's applicable to everything and we call it the holistic five. Uh, the first one is training, which is what you're talking about. Everybody does some training, right? But you're right. It doesn't stop there. There's also rest. You've got to sleep. You've got to take emotional, mental rest. You also need to have some days that are harder than other days, which is a sticky web that a lot of people get in in their exercise is every day is hard. Right. There needs to be some rest. And our bodies do really well with intermittent stresses. So when you give it a stress and then you take it away, our bodies are very poor at continuous stress. I like to illustrate that by talking about blood pressure. When you lift weights, your blood pressure goes over 300. 
Oh, wow. Yes. When you're actually repping out, your blood pressure is super high, which is really healthy for you. But as soon as you're done lifting, it's right back down to 120 or whatever your baseline is, 125, 117. Well, what if your blood pressure is 300 all day? Right. You die. Yeah. So our bodies are really good at intermittent stress. You've got to give it and take it away. Um, the third one, we call it the 1%. And the 1% is all those things you talked about, stretching, lifting, mobility, all these you know, little things that maybe take up 15 to 20% of your time, or maybe more, maybe 40% as you get older and you spend more time on those. But yeah, those things are allowing you to do whatever your sport is, biking, running, jujitsu, um, whatever it is. Uh, the fourth is nutrition, which Michaela is going to jump into in a little bit. And uh, the fifth one is the internal game, like the mental game. And that's how you, what you believe is true about you, how you treat yourself, who you surround yourself with. Do you have accountability? If you've got touch points on all the holistic five continuously, you're going to be healthier and you're going to be happier. And that's kind of why we developed that five point idea. And we try to rotate back and forth to those five things and always like, you know, because if you get injured, what if there's nothing wrong with your training? Your nutrition is on point. Your mental game is amazing. And you're doing all your 1% stuff, but you're only getting four hours of sleep a night. Mm -hmm. We don't want to miss the good of life and the good of training just because we missed one detail. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, it is holistic. It's got to be from all, you know, like a 360 approach to everything. You can't miss one of those if you really want to perform, you know, at you know, at, at the top of, of what you're capable of. But at the same time, I think, you know, it's important to also stress that we're not talking about necessarily always elite athletes. We're talking about just everyone in general. This is not something that is reserved just for those that are like, oh, I'm chasing a PR or I'm an elite athlete or I'm trying to boss and qualify. This is, could appeal to anyone just to have a good, well-rounded, like you said, holistic approach to this. If you're part of this lifestyle, you know, and you don't do one thing and let's say you get injured. Well, then now you've taken yourself out for, you know, several weeks, several months to try to recover. And, you know, you, you know, the, the gains that you've made have now, you, you've kind of lost those. So by just maintaining, I think, regardless of what level you're at is going to be beneficial for your long-term health. So I think the holistic five could apply to a computer programmer. It could apply to anyone doing anything because what it does is it gives you a talking point and a framework to categorize a few different parts of life and ask yourself good questions when things aren't going well or when they are going well as more of like an analysis of what's happening. And ultimately, kind of one of my goals is to help people figure out how to navigate their exercise and fit it into regular everyday life. And, and that's kind of like why that framework I think works is uh, 
is it uh, gives you that ability to have something to talk about and identify what the problem is. Otherwise, you may not even think about the fact that you didn't sleep well. You may put the problem on something else or put it on your nutrition. Oh man, how many people put it on their nutrition over and over and over when that's not even the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's switch over to nutrition since you're on that topic, because I know a lot of times as runners, we talk about nutrition, we talk about it primarily more for, for race day. You know, um, I think that there's a, a bigger picture that we should be looking at. So let's talk to Michaela here. Let's bring you into the conversation as far as one of those, you know, five holistic, you know, goals there. Um, talk about nutrition, sort of kind of, you know, what's your background? How did you kind of get involved in this? And, 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 and uh, tell us a bit more about, you know, a good proper, you know, way to look at nutrition. Absolutely. So nutrition is not something that I think if we're going to start with that is the pyramid, that pyramid that we learn in high school. I don't think that's realistic for everybody. And I say that because realistic things happen. We have, you know, we all have different body types. We all have different blood types. So the science in our bodies are all different, made up different. Um, A lot of us have allergies that we don't know about, or we're sensitive to certain things. So, oh, I think nutrition is not a one shoe fits all. Just like I think with Big Peachy, I'm sure you guys would also agree that you can't fit the same shoe on every person. So I I think the same thing with nutrition. Um, Different people have different goals. You have different histories. And honestly, some people just don't like certain foods over others, which is totally fine. Um, So a lot of what I do um, and how I kind of got started is my dad was really sick whenever I was in high school. He did everything holistic. And the the transformation I saw in my dad, not only physically, but mentally was like, wow, like there is something there. And I wanted to do hair, did not love it. And I was like, you know what? I have a really big passion for what my dad just did to himself and his testimony. I think that's amazing. So I was in the gym industry already. I really stuck to nutrition. Um, I really saw the benefits of it, not just physically. It's not just physical, but the mental, the, I mean, emotional, the spiritual. It really just like hounds in on, it's a full balance of everything. And if you treat your body like garbage, you're going to feel like garbage. Everyone usually talks about that. Um, so I kind of got started in with that. And then after I had my daughter, um, my body was chronic inflammation all the time. Like what Jay was saying, that stress on your body all of the time, trying to do it all. You're putting it off. You're putting your sleep off on something else. Mine was energy drinks. I wasn't eating breakfast. I wasn't eating until two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm a person who's trying to tell other people to be healthy and I was getting breakfast and the chronic stress my body was under. I mean, my joints were hurting. I, the, the stress in my body was just not me. And so I had to find a balanced lifestyle that I couldn't compare to anybody else because my lifestyle is different. I'm a mom. I run a shop. I work pretty much a nine to five. I'm really flexible, but I never scheduled out breaks. Um, a lot of what I did in my lifestyle was on the go. Um, so me, eating in the car rider line is typically what would I would do for lunch. I had to find a different balance for myself versus what I would suggest somebody else who's working a, you know, a night shift. I can't suggest them the same type of schedule or nutritional benefit. So I, once I got started, um, I kind of just fell in love with it. I love just keeping people accountable. Every person has a different story and it's a different challenge, which with each client and customer that comes in with us, 
I basically am just like a professional accountability partner and I love it. I love helping people. So um, this industry has been really fun, but setting realistic expectations for yourself and learning yourself, learning what foods agree with you, what foods don't, getting a blood type um, test, getting you know to know what foods you might be sensitive to. I highly recommend doing those. I kind of found out from process of elimination, I can't do coffee. It's highly preserved. So in my body, it causes chronic inflammation. I get migraines. That's a co like coffee is something you would think that anybody could drink. But for my body, I can't do coffee on a weekly basis. So you just kind of have to find what works for you and what doesn't. And I would love to say that there, here's the chart. Here's what you can and cannot eat, but that's not realistic. So, yeah, because you mentioned that, that everyone's individual, that it's you can't apply the same type of uh, guidelines because everybody is different and different allergies and different things. And you said getting tested. So is this something that someone, how does someone get tested? Is it just going through their regular primary care physician? Because I've seen some um, services um, that I've seen offered where they'll test and they'll do all these things, but I haven't quite looked into it. I've been intrigued by it because they'll do those type of blood tests and and provide different things, specifically more geared towards people that are looking for athletics and 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 looking at how to either train properly, what how to eat properly. But how how do you go about, or how what would you recommend for someone? Yeah, so what I recommend doing is just going to your doctor, seeing if that's an option. If you do go to to your doctor, there's different ones like kits online. Um, I don't always know if that's going to be the most secure. There's so many different options. I think when it comes to that, where you prick yourself and then you send it off. Um, but going to like an actual allergist, um, a lot of people that I've seen that have chronic inflammation, they're allergic to something. Like most people think you eat peanut butter, you're going to break out in hives, you're allergic to it. Like that's a very common one. But you can have food allergies or have sensitivities. Like I'm very sensitive to preservatives. So if I eat fast food, my joints swell. I can't tell you what specifically it is in the preservatives, but I know I'm very sensitive to highly preserved items. So if I eat like that, I'm going to be constantly inflamed. Um, a big thing is also detoxing. So yeah, we talk about like allergies, detoxing is very highly recommended. Hydration's huge. 90% of America is literally dehydrated. Um, don't quote me on that statistic, but I mean, most people are dehydrated. Right. Now, people who are sick in the hospital when they're like actually sick with an illness, they are dehydrated. Like your immune system is lower, but you have to be dehydrated for your body to really get sick. So that's that too. It, it, it all comes full circle. So it is definitely what you eat. It is definitely how much you're hydrating, what kind of quality water you're getting and make sure you're getting proper electrolytes too. Yeah, I mean, that's important as far as exercising. I know that um, there's countless of studies and reports that you know, recommend how much you know, water you should be drinking on a daily basis. So I think, uh, if I remember correctly, one formula is um, whatever your body weight is, um, divide that by two, and that's how many ounces per day you should be drinking, you know, water. And that doesn't include any water that you're drinking while exercising. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is this is what I have here. You, you know, you guys at home, you know, listening, you know, this is, a, I got a, a, a Nathan water bottle that I believe is like, 32 ounces that I try to drink at least two of those, 
you know, a day. That's 64 ounces. And I actually am still short. I should probably be drinking more closer to like 75 ounces of water a day. So I do try to get that. Plus if I'm running or I'm training, then I'm drinking a bottle there. Um, so that's sort of like, I think the, the guideline, but once again, everyone's a little bit different, but if individuals are not drinking, you know, several ounces of water a day, then they're, they're going to be dehydrated. And just for clarification, coffee, soda, tea, iced tea, do not count as being hydrated. They're actually diuretics. And because of the caffeine in it, mm -hmm. they actually leave you more dehydrated. So another quick uh, note there is uh, under 2%, you're going to experience a negative performance. Like it's going to affect your performance in athletic activity if you're under 2% dehydrated. Like, so if you're, if you're 2% off, you're going to start feeling it from your ideal amount of hydration. That's why, man, uh, you're seeing now, um, especially with marathoning and half marathoning, man, there's so much fluid going down with these athletes. Well, and there's also um, some health risks associated. We've seen that especially more, uh, I think, in the summer where, you know, people have become extremely dehydrated and you know, experience heat stroke. We see uh, student athletes as well. That's kind of come up, you know, where we've had you know, student athletes on the football field, you know, pass out because of dehydration, because they're typically training in, you know, late afternoon after school, you know, three, four o'clock at the hardest, hottest time, time of the day. And if they're not getting enough fluids, then the body has to shut down. You know, the body is sort of saying, Hey, I need to protect. And so they pass out, um, because they're extremely dehydrated and it's just, you know, the body saying, this is a stop point where you need to stop, get medical attention, get fluids and, and try to, you know, do the best you can to, you know, rehydrate. So th yeah, that's, that's great information. I think it's, it's, you know, like I said, whether you're a, a highly competitive athlete, whether it's, you know, you're, you know, just training and just casually, you know, I think it's just good for every day is to be well hydrated. I think that's just going to make everything else, you know, that you do, um, much better as far as your health. Um, Hey, I've got a note on hydration real quick. Sure. So sparkling water counts. Okay. I just want to throw that down because, um, for people who, have been used to in America growing up drinking a lot of Coke and sweet tea and all that stuff. I mean, the reality is some people I've heard it. They don't like the taste of water, mm -hmm. like just plain water. It's not enough, man. Have some sparkling water, flavored sparkling water. The flavors in the bubbles, it's totally fine. You're going to, you know, and people are afraid of like nitrogen or whatever. You're just going to burp it out. Like it's not an issue. So I've heard a lot of people uh, not drink water. Find a way. Find mm -hmm. something that you like. You know, put one of those little things you buy that has color in it or whatever. Like there are some intermediaries there of good where at some point you do have to like take some consideration that you might just need to have sparkling water a lot. I love sparkling water. I drink a ton of it and that gets my hydration up a level. Okay. That's good to know. I'd never considered, uh, you know, I figured because it was carbonated, maybe there was something similar to drinking soda and stuff, but I didn't know that. Not, that was not in my opinion, Michaela, I'm, I'm totally fine. If you want to tell me I'm wrong, 
Um, no, I don't think you're wrong at all. Um, I think as long as there's no caffeine in it, I mean, even Celsius, I drink Celsius a day. It is a diuretic. It does have caffeine in it. It is natural green tea caffeine, but that is that is normal to have a little bit of a diuretic and just making sure like lemon. I love adding a fresh lemon to my water. It's great for detoxing. It tastes amazing. I think it tastes way more, way clean. Um, but I, I don't personally like sparkling water in my personal preference. I don't, but I could add water to my, or lemon to my water all day. And I have no problem. Um, it's really good for you. Cucumbers, cucumber water. That's very refreshing as well, just to change it up too. Okay. That's great information. Yeah. Um, so the, you, you, you Michael said specifically it was preservatives. Now, while everyone is going to be a little bit different, some people can, you know, eat preservatives, but I mean, I would say in general, right, if, you know, and this maybe applies to everyone and you could say once again that I'm wrong, just like, you know, Jay said, but in general, eating all natural and healthy, you know, uh, non-fried foods or things like that are going to generally be better as far as a more balanced diet, right? If it was, if you eliminate preservatives altogether, no one's going to, I, I don't think that anyone would, would have adverse effects to that. Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah. I mean, as if you're eating fried food, you know, there's more than just preservatives that are bad in fried food. So yes, I would definitely agree that it's um, natural. Natural is best. If you can get it the cleanest source you can, then definitely consume that um, as possible. There's, I don't do everything organic, but I am mindful of, of my choices when I eat. And that was the biggest thing that helped me when I started losing my weight after having my child is what is the best, healthiest thing on the menu that I can eat? And I stuck with that. If I'm going to eat out, I'm going to eat the healthiest option. And then it got to the point where I love, like, we love wings, but we will not eat wings out. It's fried. It's, in, you know, it's disgusting. So we'll air fry wings. Oh, of ones, the big one is we like, we just like chicken wings. And so people tell me all the time, the stuff you eat is not healthy. But I'm like, but it's the quality of what I'm getting. So if the quality of what I'm getting is good and I know that it's a good source, then it's definitely better for me than if I were to eat it out. And so that's where I always say, like, if we're going to, if we're going to eat something bad or if we're going to eat something, we're going to make it at home. We at least know what's going into it. Hey, the, the other danger there, I think, um, is we're living in a world with nutrition where everybody's saying what not to do. Mm -hmm. And we got to be careful because the number one thing we need to do is get enough calories first. Like, like I see people all the time that are doing massive amounts of exercise and they're under fueled and they're wondering why they're not doing well. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is important to remember that we don't want to be on the exclusion nutrition plan. We want to be on the inclusion, Michaela. That's why I love what you said. I'm going to seek out the healthiest things that I can. That's so good mentally to seek out healthy things because then you get back to that patience and encouragement of yourself. Mm -hmm. When you seek out a healthy thing, you're reinforcing the idea, hey, I'm doing well here. I'm doing, doing what I need to be doing. And like your wings example, if you're seeking out the healthiest version of what you like, then you can have wings and be totally pumped about it. Mm -hmm. as opposed to being negative and tearing yourself up that you love wings because we know that guilt leads to a bad spot. Mm -hmm. 
Well, most people deprive themselves. And my biggest thing is don't deprive yourself. And what you said definitely is true. Most people do not eat enough carbs and calories. That is known. Like, but people think they have to limit themselves. If they're eating broccoli, they have to eat a small portion of broccoli. No, get full on broccoli. If you're going to be eating it, get full on it. Don't starve yourself and don't think, oh, I ate something healthy, but it didn't make me full. Then you're not eating enough. So a lot of people don't eat enough carbs and calories and they deprive themselves of all the things that they do want. So then at night, those food cravings, your body's like, I didn't get enough carbs and calories. So now you binge. Like I don't even binge eat because I properly fuel. Now when I don't properly fuel at night, my body's like, I need to make up for it. You eat a ton of food, then you hold on to it because you're about to go to sleep. You're not gonna use that energy. Then you're tired. So it's a ripple effect. That balance, that ripple effect of one bad habit leads to all of these ripple effects. So if I don't eat enough carbs and calories, you will not see me in jujitsu. I will not be there. I will I will tap myself out. I, I can't go because I know that if I train on an empty stomach going to jujitsu and I didn't properly feel myself, I mentally will be shot and I physically will probably injure myself because I'm I'm just not going to be the best person rolling with other people. Yeah, energy levels when you're exercising, they cause injuries a lot of the times when you're mm -hmm. underfueled because your balance is not as good, your push through the ground is not as good, you're not as stable, you're a little bit off, you're a little lightheaded. And so, yeah, 100%, if you can fuel well, you've got a better chance of not getting hurt. Well, I think anyone that has run an endurance event, like a half marathon, marathon, will know that towards those final miles, that their body tends to break down a bit, you know, that, you know, their form breaks down. Um, they're not able to pick up their legs to the same or have the same range of motion as they did at the start of a race. I know for myself, especially when I run trails and I'm doing those longer distance marathon 50 Ks, that... I can't, and this is where the injury part comes in potentially, is that if I can't pick up my legs, you know, and I can't pick up my feet, then my feet are dragging across the ground. They're going to snag a root or a rock. I'm going to trip and I could potentially, you know, end up, you know, I'll fall or I might catch myself, but, you know, depending on how I catch myself, that could lead to a broken wrist, you know, um, maybe even a broken collarbone, you know, um, smashed knee, you know, whatever it is, because you're not, you know, properly, you know, fueled uh, and you don't have enough carbs and, and your body starts sort of kind of breaking down and it's not living up to the potential that it can if it had fueled properly. So the, the, you know, the one thing that I'd say, you know, as, as commentary, I think, because I think a lot of people are aware of this, is that, you know, obviously, you know, our society is all about go, 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 you know, as far as being on the move and convenience is, is one of the things that we're always looking for, which is why I think fast food and processed food are typically what people will purchase. Well, even if it's in the supermarket, they'll go for more like, hey, let me just throw this in the microwave real quick or let me just heat this up. And typically, like I said, have, probably have a lot of preservatives, um, but it's also processed. And it's all out of convenience because it's something quick they can get. Or I'll just go to a drive-thru and I'll just pick something up and, it's, and it'll be quick, you know. Um, and I think the key there is, once again, going back to if you're going to treat yourself like a professional athlete, you know, they typically will have someone that, you know, either they themselves or if they're a very highly paid professional athlete, like those like in the NFL or something like that, they'll have a cook come in 
who'll prepare their meals, you know, cook for them, and they'll get all the nutrition that they need to perform at that level. But they're making that effort and that commitment to do so. And it means making time to, you know, do the grocery shopping and be very, um, uh, you know, committed to doing that, to being very, um, you know, aware of what you're buying, shopping through the grocery, you know, uh, you know uh, aisles, being uh, particular of not picking up the processed food, you know, staying away from the, the, a lot of the canned stuff or box stuff, uh, maybe even away from the freezer aisles, unless it's like, you know, some of the frozen vegetables and sticking more to the outer area of the supermarket where you're getting more of the, the fresh food, the vegetables, um, the fruits and things like that, that uh, are going to be better for you. But then also, making the time to prepare those meals, you know, um, you know, not everyone can prepare a meal every single day, but I'd say, you know, preparing it in advance, what sort of kind of advice can you give Michaela to those, you know, as far as, you know, meal prep, things like that advice or strategies so that people can prepare their food, uh, and their meals in advance and how to, you know, what would that look like and how can they kind of start making time for that without it being, a, uh, you know, a daily, let's say, you know, a commitment of time. Absolutely. So one thing that we have at the shop is because people are on the go so much, we are a very on the go shop. So we actually support a local, um, meal prep company. We sell their meals at the shop each week they have a fresh batch we get them delivered on sundays and they're good for the week whatever it's not when they're like at their last like peak of being really good we will freeze them and we sell them discounted so people can come in get a frozen discounted meal or they can get a fresh fridge meal i mean it's packed full of nutrients they are i mean they're nothing's frozen um like they prepare their actual food and so um, the meal prep companies, Ideal Meals, we have them locally. They sell um, out of Rome. And so we are one of their hubs that they um, sell to. So we have those for on-the-go people. Um, and there is weeks where I did not properly feel. So I found a local company that I love to support and I purchased their meals as well. Um, one thing that we like to do when it comes to meal prepping meals personally is we do it on Sunday. Um, I was blessed with a great partner that him and I cook together and we love it. Some people don't have that motivation. He's an amazing cook. I actually got him a hot sauce making kit. So we're really excited about that. Just keeping mm. it literally spicy um, in the kitchen to where we can make our own hot sauces now. I think it'd be really cool to kind of get into, but we like to not just do the same boring things. We like things to be changed and be different. Crock-pot meals. He loves to grill. So we grill a ton. We'll try to do two big batches of two different meals a week. And then we kind of just like cycle through or... One night we might do a dinner night, cook night, and then the next night we'll have training night where we'll go to jujitsu and we'll train. And then when we get home, we have something. Um, a big quick one is Caesar salads, but we pack it full. Like it's not like a rinky dink little salad. Like, I mean, it's a full salad, full burgers, getting the tomatoes, all of your veggies. Like we love to pack it full. Um, and we like those on just easy, easy nights where we don't feel like actually cooking um so you everyone's different everyone's you know their love for food's all different i can really eat anything i love healthy um i love avocado so we we eat a lot of healthy naturally my daughter asked for an apple with peanut butter over a cookie any day um so she loves protein smoothies those are great for on the go trying to make sure you get your nutrition um we really i mean we sell 
of course, protein smoothies at our shop. And so we, we like those as well for supplements, but I, I tell people, I mean, we do have supplements, but get your food when you can, if you can eat chicken, you can eat meal, real food, eat that. The protein after training definitely helps with your muscles. Cause you want to give your protein, your body, you know, protein after you train, um, immediately for muscle growth. But but yeah, I mean, if you're able to support a local business that maybe does meal prep for you and you cut out having to do that if you are truly busy, but you're still choosing a healthy option, that is a great a great way to do it if you can't do it yourself. So I know that there's a, I've seen uh, ads, especially at the beginning of the year, right? When everyone's talking about resolutions and things like that, you know, and eating healthier, being healthier and exercising. I think we start seeing a lot of these um, ads for um, these meal plans. You know, um, I won't mention any names off the top of my head because, A, I don't know. And also they're not paying for any sponsorship, so I'm not going to give them any free, free ads. <laughs> but in general... Have you looked into those to see whether they're even worth getting into? Are those great options? Do you see anything wrong with that? Um, if it's naturally, like if it's a good source of food, like a box of fresh food, then sure. Um, I definitely am really big on, you know, ingredients. I'm really big on um, if it comes frozen, you know, really look into that. If it's authentic, authentic, if it's real um, there has been some that I've looked at. I love supporting local. So once I found a local company that does it fresh, I mean, they, they deliver it in a fridge van and we have it fresh, um, and freshly delivered. Um, you can't get fresher than that compared to you cooking in your kitchen. So I like to be very mindful of where I get things. There are like, I think it's, there's like some where you could do subscriptions of doing healthy meals and they give you the recipes. They give you the actual food. So you cook it yourself. You just don't go to their grocery store. I've seen those too. And I've heard really good, like really good things with people, how they like it. I like to pick out my own produce. I'm not the type of person that will pay somebody to deliver me some groceries. I like to, I like to be picky yep. when it comes to getting my onions and my um, potatoes and things like that. But budget friendly, I really love shopping personally at Aldi. Um, you can get organic pricing, like so cheap. Um, so if people are wanting to be more budget friendly, there is different options. You don't have to go to one, you know, one store. Publix is probably one of the most expensive when it comes to organic. You are getting organic, so you're getting a good quality. But if you're really trying to be budget friendly on top of being healthy, Aldi is a really great source of doing it and getting a you know, organic options. I've ha I have heard great things about Aldi. I've not yet visited one of their stores or shopped in one of their stores. So, uh, so if someone from Aldi's listening, you know, open a sponsorship here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, one, one thing I was going to throw in there is, um, I think the, the cool thing is whatever you can do, like in whatever level you can improve on. I, I like talking about the internal game, the mindset, because I think a lot of people torpedo themselves and I, me included with, you know what, I'm going to do this huge thing. I'm going to do so good this year. It's going to be different. I'm never going to eat a pop tart again. And the reality is that's just not going to happen. And so wherever you're at, just make a small step forward and then do that again a month or two later and make these incremental changes. Now, there may be somebody that needs to make a sweeping change, right? Like if you're having fried food every night, you may need to make that two nights a week. 
and that be might be a feel like a really big change but yeah if and if you can't afford Publix or you know shopping at Aldi's great and uh, another thing I was going to say is I think uh, I think some of these guys basketball players in particular they're spending like two million dollars a year and three million dollars a year on their body mm-hmm. and I love professional athletes and looking at the principle there and there's no way i mean first you have to make two million at least to be able to spend two million (laughs) so there's no way we can do that but we can budget and we can have some money that we spend on our bodies and on our health and research has proven that when you spend that you don't pay for it later Right. So it really is a good investment to spend the money on the gym membership as long as you're going and to spend money on the, uh, you know, a little bit better quality meat when you're going to have it and to spend money on the air fryer so you can have your hot wings and not feel guilty about it. So, yeah, I think that's the point, though, is that in t- in, inside your mind, don't think you got to fix everything tomorrow mm-hmm. fix one little thing and then don't be afraid to pat yourself on the back and say man i did it good job that's what breeds more success well i think and that's that's a key and i think it right now um i'd say at regardless of whatever age you're at i think it's just being intentional with your choices is and, and as you said you know is down the road, it, you're going to see some of that in return. And it, that return may not be in, you know, let's say loss in body weight, you know, or uh, increase in performance and may not be that PR that you're looking for. But what you'll get in return is probably maybe a few extra years of your life. Um, it's not something you're going to see in the short term. It's what you'll see in the long term. You'll see uh, potentially less reduced, you know, uh, healthcare costs, you know, um, less doctor visits, um, and less complications as you get older. And, you know, myself, I'm 53, you know, and I started, you know, good thing. I think I started, I could have started younger. Anyone, you know, you can always say that could have started younger, but I started easily, I'd say 15, 20 years ago where I started kind of changing my diet a bit, cut sodas, cut the fast food, not entirely, you know, you got to have your Chick-fil-A every once in a while, right? You know, um, and, but it's not going out every week. And in my case, back in the, in my previous career, where it was a very, uh, you know, uh, high performing and as far as a very stressful type of job with very little downtime to where the most convenient thing is like, yeah, I'm just going to go out for 15 minutes, go down and drive through, get something to eat, come back at, you know, uh, to the office. And, you know, it just, it wasn't healthy. So luckily for me, that has, has changed. And, you know, now it's being very intentional, not only, you know, in my running and my cycling, but strength training. Um, I do need to get better at stretching and mobility, but also with my uh, choice of what I'm buying at the supermarket, you know, sure. You can say, like Jay said, okay, no more pop tarts, right? And that's, and you could do that, but if you're going to the grocery store and you're buying Pop-Tarts, they're in your house, guess what? It's going to be a lot harder for you to say no to those Pop-Tarts because they're sitting there. You paid money for them. You're like, I got to eat them, right? So, you know, part of it is being intentional saying, I need to cut this out of, you know, my diet 
um, and not have it in, you know, in your house or at least have it less frequently in your house. Maybe it's like, Hey, you know, once a month, I'm going to buy a box of pop tarts or, you know, cookies or whatever, Oreo cookies or ice cream. And that's okay. But if you buy it every week, then chances are you're going to eat it every day. Hey, have you guys heard, I heard this stat, I think it was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, one of those scientists that come on. Can't remember who it was, but have you heard this this guy is saying that if you're under 40 or may, it might be under 30, if you're under 30 with modern medicine, your chances of living to 120 have gone up like five or six times. Like, so the idea is like, we're at some point with the way medicine is right now, even though we're terribly unhealthy, they're projecting that we're going to live like much longer. Well, I, you know, I have a, I mean, I could see where that's potentially happening, but I, I also feel, and I, I have this not from firsthand experience, but, you know, from, you know, having my parents, my dad just turned 85 and he's gone through some health issues. And there's things that I feel that not all doctors, some, but I feel that with medication, it seems like, we're pushing medication first before, you know, sure. changing our lifestyle, before changing our diets, you know, and it seems like, you know, if someone wants to eat all the fried food, you know, and have high blood pressure and cholesterol and they want to pop pills, great, that's your choice. But I don't think that that should be the primary thing that we should be doing as far as the healthcare sure, industry. Sure. I, I guess my point in saying that was more like, hey, we're going to have the capability of living longer let's go ahead and take care of ourselves better. Exactly. Yes. Right. right? Yeah. It used to be that you're, you know, you're going to max out at 75, 80 around there. But man, if we're going to live longer to me, that's like more motivation, man, I better start doing a good job right now. If I have the possibility of living to like 110 or 120, I think that would be super cool. But I also think it's also the quality of life, right? I mean, if you're living to 110, 120, and you can barely move around, I mean, is is that a good quality of life? I'd rather be, you know, you know, 100 and be able to still go out for a run, still be able to walk, you know, unassisted, and still have, uh, you know, the old, you know, wheels turning up in the, in the you know, in, in, in the top of the head here, you know, and still be sort of kind of sane, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think it all starts with. I, I think I'm going to be crushing it at 120. All right. Let's go for it. I, I, I'm there with you, man. I'm, I'll, 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 re, I'll, hopefully, I'll reach it, reach it first. You know, <laughs> when y'all are 120, I'll still be like 100. So, <laughs> oh, good. We'll, 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 we'll catch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how old Jay is, but yeah, I'll definitely reach 120 first. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll catch up. Yeah, when when we turn 100, we'll catch up and we'll see how things are going. Hey, my, my birthday's tomorrow. I'll be 42. Oh, happy, happy birthday. Happy almost birthday. Yeah, thanks. Excellent. All right, so now I know how old you are, so you're 11 years younger than I am. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very cool. So, yeah, so, uh, so when I, yeah, so when I hit a 120, you'll be 109. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, check, yeah we'll check back, you know, then see yeah. how we're kind of doing. Yeah. Talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's uh, wrap this up. So, um, you know, thank you both for, for joining. Uh, so I know that, you know, you know Jay, he's uh, the uh, manager and owner of Big Peach Carsville. Michaela Newman is uh, uh, City Blend Nutrition, up also up in Carsville. And they've also recently started a podcast of their own called the Live Local Podcast. So tell us a little bit about that and uh, before we uh, wrap things up. Yeah, so uh, Live Local and the idea... I don't know, Michaela, I think that was more, uh, the name definitely came from, from you guys in vision. So, um, I'll tell how Michaela and I met and then I'll let her tell the live local story. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we opened big peach Cartersville, uh, about a year and a half ago. And, uh, through that like process of just meeting people, we wanted to have some smoothies on our opening, um, in September. So, uh, Michaela provided some awesome smoothies for us. And one thing that I always enjoy is meeting like-minded people. And so I just really enjoyed conversation. Her service was amazing. The smoothies were amazing. And I visited the shop again. We had several more conversations about social media, about Cartersville, about different things. And uh, we actually went out to eat uh her uh, partner and Michaela and Carmen and I, we all went out to eat and hung out for a bit. And that's where the Live Local um, podcast kind of started to come to light. Yeah, the Cody, uh, Cody had the idea, Live Local. He has some brainstorming ideas and he'll write it down and it would be really cool to do. We just didn't really see ourselves really getting into it, but we thought the name Live Local would be really cool to kind of have for something. So we kind of backburnered it and then when Jay was like, I have this idea to do a podcast, I was like, I actually have the perfect name. So we definitely give Cody all the credit for that one. Um, but yeah, we just, we genuinely love meeting people. I love networking. I love helping people. So business owners in general, I mean, I've seen businesses locally close after 2020. I did. I saw, you know, the impact that it had in our community and I wasn't supporting the big companies that couldn't supply us. I was supporting the local people that I wanted to keep afloat. And so after going through 2020 and um, meeting people locally, seeing people have that passion for what they do. And like, you see that glow in their eyes. You just see that the passion's rating off of what they love that they're doing. And I just geek out on that. Hearing people tell, you know, their story is so cool to me. I think every story, we have something that we can learn from that. And that community that, you know, you, you don't have to really bribe people to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. Like they, they'll voluntarily do that. And so that's super cool too, is just being able to network and to broadcast all of these networking people, these business owners, these people who have really cool stories and they get to share them. When I serve a smoothie, you don't see my story, but when you hear my story, you're like, okay, that makes sense. You see why I've been in the industry for so long serving a smoothie. At the end of the day, I'm serving smoothies and I'm helping people with supplements, but internally, it's so much more to me. And so getting to see people, like we interviewed a person who was a brand new gym owner. Um, we got to interview him. We got to interview um, Kelly from Nagel's Bagels. I've known them for over 10 years. Hearing their story, I didn't even know it, and I've known her for so long. So it's really cool to bring our community together in a different light. Um, especially with uh, owners and seeing like what all we do. We all do different things, but we're in the same community. So I think it's really cool to kind of get into that. Yeah, I think my uh, my excitement for it is 
fueled by the idea that I get to learn something. Michaela and I get to learn mm -hmm. something from these amazing business owners. And for, gosh, 20 years of my life, um, I was almost 100% focused on exercise and running and getting faster and coaching. And it's really only been in the last 10 or 15 years that I've so enjoyed being a part of businesses and learning from business owners and really diving into that. So that's kind of the idea with the podcast is promote local businesses, get to know uh, people that are influential in the community for good, and um, hopefully glean some knowledge that we share with other business owners or other entrepreneurs or people who have an idea that um, will help them be successful. So yeah, come check out our podcast, Live Local. It's on Spotify. Love to have you guys listen. Awesome. Well, I think it's one of those things where, I mean, I think we're as a community, I think, uh, you know, we get to know those around us and those within our community. And the only way to do so is to have those conversations. And I do feel that by getting to know those, whether it's an individual, a company, a business, that we can feel better connected, especially if it's a small business shop, you know, within our uh, own community, we feel a better connection to them and, you know, we see the passion behind them and that kind of makes us feel good about, you know, supporting them, but also about the choices we make, you know, going forward and, and why we would want, you know, if it's, especially if it, you know, um, has a connection to, you know, if we make that connection to their story, then to, that just helps kind of support them and just makes it all, you know, better because, I mean we know that the majority of this country is built on small business. I think it was something like 80%, some a very high number like that. If I remember call from way back when we were uh, talking about, you know, um, small business Saturday and supporting those local businesses. Um, it's that's, that's, that's the heart of, uh, of, uh, of our country is, is all those small businesses. I've got a nugget from our last podcast. Um, so, uh, Kelly Nagel talked about, um, gluten, and the fact that she has a bagel that has gluten in it and it is a non-processed gluten and most people that even have a gluten allergy can eat it with no adverse effects so i thought that was like mind-blowing for me so i don't know if uh if i'm gonna be responsible for a bunch of people eating gluten bagels that shouldn't but um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really cool. It's just the process that they make it is much less um, refined and much more natural. Mm -hmm. Kelly and I definitely talked about the preservatives in their bagels and they don't have any. They're, what ingredients, I mean, it's very limited on how many ingredients it is to make each bagel. And we do sell them at our shop now and they are delicious. It's the best bagel I've ever had. I mean, they're sourdough, so they're actually really good for your gut. But I've had people who have the misconception. They're like, you guys sell bagels, but you guys sell something that's healthy. And I'm like, this is a healthy alternative to a store-bought bagel. If you have bread on your counter and it's like two weeks old and still good, it's not good for you. Mm. So what they do is really cool. They they have a really great shop and they have a really great story. But yeah, I mean, they taste amazing. But the fact that there's less preservatives, it definitely it definitely matters to our bodies. 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm, I need to make a trip up to Carsville. It's been a long time since I've been up there, and so I'll have to visit uh, both uh, you, Jay, because I know I, I, I haven't been up to, to your store yet, and uh, City Blend uh, Nutrition, and check out some of your smoothies, and uh, check out these bagels, since uh, you talked them up so much. I'm like, now I, now I'm, now I want one. Well, good. We do have a uh, smoothie called Big Peachy. That's uh, for Big Peach uh, Cartersville. So that one's a great one. It's peach mango. It's delicious. And when you get, when you order one, we give you free advertisement as well. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for, uh, you yeah, know, it was a pleasure having both of you on the podcast. So thank Thanks. you so much for having us. All right. Excellent. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. Big Peach now sells bikes at our Brookhaven and Midtown locations. Big Peach Ride and Run. We help get you into the right bike that fits you and your needs. Many of us enjoy being on two wheels as much as our own two feet. It's not only a great way to stay active and fit, it's also a great way to recover from long runs and have fun. We carry kids, commuter, mountain, gravel, road bikes, and more. No matter what you prefer, with brands like Giant, Live, a division of Giant that makes bikes exclusively for women, and Momentum, We've got whatever bike you're looking for. Stop by and check out the selection of bikes at Town Brookhaven or Midtown, right on Peachtree Street, or view our inventory online at BigPeachRideAndRun.com. And welcome back, everyone. So I hope you got a lot of great information. I know there were great reminders for myself because these are things that we, you know, sometimes we get so focused on just getting the miles in and training that we forget about the little things. And it's the little things that can really help us achieve, you know, our goals and make things a little bit easier. And uh, I think, you know, things like rest and getting the proper uh, sleep and not overtraining and eating properly and eating the right type of foods are all those little things that we tend to miss. So thanks, Jay and Michaela, for, for um, you know, that reminder. Um, and I want to kind of also uh, mention, you know, we talked at the beginning, you know, about, you know, races that are coming up. One of the ones that I definitely want to, you know, plug here is the Hotlanta Half Marathon Relay and 5K. This race is now celebrating 10 years uh, here in 2023. It uh, takes place on Sunday, June 11th. And we, are, of course, are a sponsor we also have New Balance coming on board um, as a, a sponsor as well, and we're planning on, once again, Big Peach uh, being and uh, in, in participating as the PACE team um, to get you to the finish line um, on June 11th. So it is a, it's a hilly course. It is, um, but that's Atlanta, you know, there's no place really you can run, uh, here in Atlanta that uh, avoids hill, but it's a unique course. It starts at Pemberton place at the world of Coca-Cola. Uh, it's a great space. It's a, it's, you know, it's like a, you know, finishing, uh, and starting in a park. Um, you know, there's music, there's bands, there's a lot of things that are going on. It's a fun, uh, finished place area. And, uh, you know, I, I would recommend that if you haven't done it, please uh, consider doing it. Yes, it's hot. It's June. It's going to get hot. But, you know, it's those races and it's training in those conditions that are going to get you prepared for, a, you know, a great fall or winter race. Uh, for me, that's one of the things that I'm doing is making sure that I'm training in the heat and in the humidity because for my race coming up in uh, in June uh, in Leadville, um you know, I've got elevation and I can't train at elevation, um, at least not at that high of elevation living here in, in, uh, in Georgia, but 
humidity can help. I've read research that says that, you know, humidity can help um, you get you ready for elevation and that humidity can help for those fall races because it just makes you work a little bit harder. Um, and uh, I think it's a, it's a great way to kind of go out. So I wouldn't consider this a, a PR type of course, but it's a great course to get you prepared for those fall type of races. So there's a lot of options. They have a, a half marathon. They have a 5K. They have a half marathon relay. So if you're not quite up to running a half marathon or maybe you're deterred a little bit by the heat, um, you can have a two-person relay team. Um, and they have a shuttle service that will take you to in, to the, 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 the swap point um, and back to the start. So um, they've got a virtual option. So lots of great choices here. And the race starts, you know, at 7 a.m. So as, as, you know, as a way to kind of avoid a most of the heat um, before it truly heats up. Um, so consider that it's hotlanahalf.com. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, so come join us. It's a great time. Um, like I said, you know, you'll get to meet a lot of our team members because we'll, we're putting together the pace team and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll provide you plenty of, uh, you know, either jokes or conversation to keep you motivated and uh, take your mind off the heat and the hills and the humidity here in Atlanta. So um, with that uh, said, uh, we wrap up this episode. I am excited to also uh, kind of preview. We will be talking to a group um, uh, here that is uh, an advocacy uh, group um, called Propel Atlanta, and it is... um, it is a, 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 a conversation that I think uh, we need to have more about, about the infrastructure as far as how it deals with, you know, uh, access to like, you know, sidewalks and shared roadways um, and shared, maybe even designated bike lanes, things to make it safer for pedestrians, for cyclists. And we'll be talking to Rebecca Cerna, um, and uh, who is the executive, uh, I guess, director of... Um, of Propel Atlanta, and we'll talk about some of the things that they're working on to just, you know, uh, you know, talking with uh, city officials and, and the state and any area that we can to kind of make improvements to the infrastructure in our city so that, you know, for those that want to commute, um, you know, either by, you know, public transportation or walking on sidewalks or on bikes, you know, that you have access to that, that it's a safe environment to do so. So it'll be interesting to hear kind of what's going on and the plans that are, you know, coming in the future. We'll take a look as much as we can in the crystal ball of how the city of Atlanta can develop and maybe even some other areas outside uh, the city of Atlanta um, and what they're doing to kind of make things, uh, you know, a little bit safer, a little bit more of a connected uh, through uh, the various communities here in, in Atlanta. So thanks uh, for, uh, for tuning in. And as always, keep running, keep riding, and keep believing yourself. Catch you next time. Do you have a story or know someone with a story that can inspire, motivate, or even empower others? Email me at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. I want to share your story. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with others.